Do we live in a simulated universe? Would we ever be able to prove it? Will we ever be able to create our own simulated universes? Find out on this episode of the Transcendental Club Podcast. and welcome back to the Transcendental Club podcast. I'm Nick. I'm Nolan. I'm Ben. And today we're going to be discussing whether the universe we live in is a simulation or not and various questions surrounding that. And I think I'm just going to start with the first question. It's basically the big one. Do we live in a simulation? And we tried something different this time for this episode. We created a survey that Ask, do you believe the universe is a simulation? And then gave people the chance to explain their thoughts. We polled 184 people using various websites where it could be spread out to these people. And 65% of these people said, no, we don't live in a simulation. 18% said yes. And then other people were on the fence about it. They gave explanations defending both sides. And, I mean, they gave some really interesting thoughts as well that we can talk about at some point if we have any that we want to discuss. And I guess we'll just start by getting your opinions first, guys. Yeah, so I'll start if you want to. It's definitely something that I lean more towards saying, yes, we do. And most of the the reason for that is I think that when you look at the universe as a whole, they're... On the scale of the universe, the laws that govern physical phenomena are pretty simple solely based on the fact that humans have been around for an incredibly small fraction of the universe's history, and yet we can understand it in such a complex way. I think that the fact that the rules that govern the universe are so simple and that they're simple enough for us to understand and create models that work to a high degree of accuracy proves that at the very least, there's a subtle framework that the rest of the universe can emerge from, which I think supports a simulation more so than something like religion, because I feel like religion, at least from my perspective, tends to invoke a level of understanding that humans can't attain. Like, for example, a divine power has somehow created the universe and it's something that we could never understand. But I think at this point in our history, we understand the universe so well that it doesn't seem necessary anymore to invoke some divine power that creates a universe that we couldn't possibly understand because it seems like someday we might be able to understand nearly all of the universe. Yeah. I, I'm just curious. I, I don't think you're saying this, but I want to say that I don't think we understand the vast majority of the universe at this point. Yeah. That wasn't what I was trying to say. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, sure. But I feel like from my perspective, at least, I mean, personally, I think that it's a pretty, um, I guess, dubious question. I don't think it's really answerable at this point. Um, and I'm actually surprised that such a fast, I think you say 65% said confidently that we aren't. Yes. 65% said that we aren't. Yeah. I, I probably lie within the unknowing category. And I think it's kind of, it's kind of the same debate as with religion. You can't directly, you can't directly prove against such a thing when there's like so many unknowns and it's such a, I don't know, it's a very out there question and theory. And so I think it's impossible to disprove it i also think it's at our current level impossible to to prove it um and i was just with nolan's point about um kind of the simplicity of the universe from my perspective i feel like everything has to boil down to a somewhat simplistic level and i think at its very core everything is expected to be that simple even though like i said i think we all agree with you know if you start looking at any certain aspect of our universe or you know anything with our physical surroundings it becomes incredibly complex and then you know the error of measurement kicks in and we truly don't have any idea of what anything is for that matter i guess yeah i guess i i will agree with you i lie within the category that doesn't know either way and i think you brought up a really good point that there's no way at, at our level of understanding of our universe at this point there's no way we can actually confidently say either way. But, I mean, looking at the survey responses that people gave, 
a lot of people who said yes that we do live in one or even some people who said that they weren't sure did point out that there are certain I guess glitches is the right word (laughs) I mean like glitches in our matrix and our universe that happen fairly frequently Um, the first one that showed up was one of our first responses and they said that deja vu is a glitch which I can understand I mean that's straight from the matrix (laughs) yeah i know it is from the matrix but i mean it's i mean it's it's a valid point though to make if you're going to argue that and then other people said the mandela effect and i mean (laughs) i think there's number of phenomena and coincidences that people can say are glitches in our universe i mean that certainly feels like something that I mean, this whole this whole argument feels like one of those things that people use to blame something they don't understand on. Like they, they I don't know. That's I, I think that might actually be personally how they come up with ideas like this because it's. I mean, there's like we said, there's no way of actually knowing, and we just go to like the easiest explanation, simulation, and saying that we live in a simulation is a pretty easy way out. Yeah, it's very cut and dry. Yeah, yeah I w- so I was going to address that in a sec. It's sort of that I don't like to get into things like that per se because I feel kind of ad hoc to me. Like it sort of seems like you're just taking like somewhat peculiar phenomena that exist and chalking them up to some super species that puts us in a simulation. And it's like, oh, they made an error and that's why you perceive it that way. Like that seems, like you said, kind of like a cheap way to explain something you don't understand. And I don't think it's necessarily like, Uh, indicative that we do live in a simulation but i will say that i think when you look on the scales of universe i think if we were to run a simulation it would follow the same pattern that we live in um because if you think about the timeline of the universe so the formation of the universe occurs and then you have the all the different like complex shapes in the universe form like planets and galaxies and things like that and then eventually i don't know it's like 3.5 billion years ago or something you have life on earth form which is obviously an incredibly important step and then in that short time things begin to emerge that are even more complex than other things in the galaxy and eventually you get human consciousness which is very new obviously on the scale of the universe and the one thing that i think is the most important in this would be the concept of emergence which i would say is that you have so if you think about human history, the everything we understand as far as like science and philosophy go, nobody understands all of science. We're all a bunch of small parts in a greater system, which is what emergence is. Basically, that simple phenomena acting uh, in minor ways can contribute to a larger phenomenon. Like the usual example is like an ant hill that or an ant colony that can appear to be conscious, even though the ants themselves aren't necessarily conscious, the way they work together appears to be conscious. So I think when you look at humanity from a more macroscopic scale, you see that we're all these small parts that work together to become the only mechanism by which the universe can reflect upon itself. So you basically take this concept of emergence and you put in human agents who are acting not as, um, not as these fundamentally influential parts, but when we all work together as the human race, we can learn so much more about the universe. Like one person would have never created all of cosmology or physics and understood the universe in that way. But when you put a bunch of human beings together throughout the course of history, they can all work together on different parts and form this incredibly complex understanding that allows the universe to reflect on itself with human consciousness. So that's why that's my main argument for why we would is that we're all these not particularly interesting systems that work together to create all the work of humanity and to be the universe's only mechanism by which it can reflect upon itself and study itself so that's mostly my argument if that makes sense what kind of going in a well not exactly a completely different direction but uh what when you were talking something else popped into my head and i was thinking like i think one day when you and i were talking about this nolan in our just day-to-day conversations we we were joking and saying like oh our universe simulation is a fourth dimensional beings phd project and i mean but like if we're going to be using our own like 
personal technology level to try to explain a simulation i guess the like for example i guess you could blame the reason why we haven't encountered any other conscious life or any life in general in our universe and even like the resolution of our photographs of other (laughs) places in the universe that we have even though they have gone to be pretty high resolution now is because the machine that is running our simulation isn't going to render things that are so far away from us and like maybe maybe once say we do achieve the technology to explore the universe and reach another solar system that has a planet that could harbor life once we get close enough to it then the machine will be like oh okay this is time to render this i mean this is going like really really abstract i guess but i just i mean it's just like i just think that that would be kind of like a another justifiable way by using our own technology to explain how they could create a simulation and why we haven't encountered certain things that we should be able to encounter if it weren't a simulation but yeah (laughs) yeah i know you mentioned technology a bit at the end of that and i was just wanted to bring up a point that i think neil grass tyson originally made or at least i saw it from him originally and so be sure to look at that because he's going to explain it way better than i can kind of the idea is like if you think about what has to be required in order to create a simulation of a magnitude such that beings at least conscious beings can't directly perceive it you'd need incredibly high rendering powers and we at this point we can confidently say we do not have those rendering powers and so that kind of um, leads to two possibilities which is that either we are the original civilization and we have not yet discover that power or we're the last in a chain of civilizations that have so if you think about you know if we're at the end of the chain which is the more pro simulation ideology that means that there was an original civilization that eventually got to that rendering uh i guess capability which then created a new civilization via rendering and then that rendered civilization was able to create that technology and so you see how this chain progresses um, and so that means that we'd either have to be at the very front or the very end of the chain because we currently don't have that technology. And so you can't exactly say it's a 50-50 because that would mean that you're weighing the two possibilities equally. But that kind of puts us in two possible camps, I guess you could say, hmm. for simulation, whether we're the, the, like, the founding and the origin or whether we're just the last in the chain. Yeah, my response to that is... Sort of that, not that we wouldn't need, if we were doing this, assuming like on a computer system of some sort, obviously we would need an insane amount of memory to run the entire universe and render it completely. However, I do think that it's when people say it's not possible because it would be too complex. I definitely disagree with that. Because one thing I bring up is that if you're familiar with cellular automata, that that would be, I don't know how to spell. I think it's like A-U-T-O-M-A-T-A or something. It's basically these computer programs that people run where there's, I think Stephen Wolfram is the guy who does them most famously. So how it works is there's a series of tiles usually, at least in the way he does it. And there's these very simple rules that govern it. Like, for example, to be like, if, if this tile is white, then the one two to its right is black. And then they, what happens is they form these incredibly complex patterns, um, which is like I was saying before, emergence from these really simple rules. So I think that while it would take an insane amount of storage or memory to render an entire universe, it doesn't necessarily, it's not that hard to do, if that makes sense. It's not necessarily yeah. a hard problem as far as computer science goes, because you can generate really simple rules or algorithms that would create these incredibly complex phenomena just based on like simple lines of code. Yeah, that's, I, I just looked up some examples of it. I think some of them are even like fractals, which is pretty cool to see. Um, but I guess my response to what Ben was saying is that, I mean, with like, or well, I guess just in general, the whole memory point that I forget whether it was Ben or Nolan who brought up memory initially, but with that, I mean, this is going to sound like fairly morbid, but if you think about it, that is a good reason why people, or it's a good, the fact that people die help 
support like saving memory because if you think about it most of the things that a good amount of the people who do die leave behind are just like some inanimate things that really i mean i would think i mean i'm not someone who creates simulations (laughs) but i mean i would think that objects just like say a hat or some clothing wouldn't really take up too much memory aside from the fact that like it can be animated and like move around and have like you know all that stuff but the like if you think about it gravestones are just like markers for like data points that existed before and like contributed somehow to the simulation but they're just there now and so like i don't know that kind of saves memory but the other thing that i'm just going to talk about with ben was talking about a chain and what i wonder is i think there might actually be like a third type of organization of it and I don't know. I mean, I guess it could be explained as a chain, but I'd go with more like a web explanation where like one simulation, I feel like once they got that power, they might want to explore different types of variables that would affect the simulation. So I almost wonder if like, all right, say we're like the second civilization, like the first example of a simulated civilization universe and so that means the one before us are the original universe and they're like oh we want to see what happens if we put for example in ours maybe uh what happens if we put just a single planet with life on it in a universe and see how they grow versus like how for example in star trek or doctor who or any of those uh, universes that have aliens all over the place like basically every single planet you go past has an alien life form on it how that universe would respond and how different civilizations would grow given that there's thousands of planets with life out there and so i guess that creates more of like a web so i think there's more than just like oh is there a simulation chain i guess or is there not are there not any simulations? And then I guess, I don't know, I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but just the idea that, like, I personally think that once a civilization has the power to do it, they would create more than just one simulation. Yeah, so I guess it's, it's I, I think that's a good point to bring up is that it's, like, it's likely more of a um, three, or sorry, two dimensional than one dimensional. It's likely that each consecutive will branch out more and more um, on, like, say, a y-axis rather than just an x. But um, I think it still follows that we're either at the very left side or the very right side. Mm-hmm. Like, we there could be there could be multiple civilizations, assuming that, of course, we are in a simulation that are at our same level but are currently not optimized to uh, or don't have the current technology for. Uh, enough rendering but i think we're i think it still brings up the it kind of uh, comes back to the same argument which is that we are either the original or the at the very end um but i guess i don't know i'm slightly more pessimistic than it sounds like you guys might be i personally i don't feel like it would be that easy to render (laughs) at our current capacity or our current like world rendering no no way i think that (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, sorry, I worded that wrong. I don't think it's it. I we definitely can't at our current capacity. I mean, I don't think we, it'd be easy for anyone to render our world in its current detail. Obviously, technology improves, and we don't really know what a a more advanced technology would look like. But I don't know. It seems, it seems. I don't know. The human eye is fairly detailed. I think that it's it's easier to. I don't know. I think it's a bit, it's a easier to look think of it as you're obscuring what the human brain interprets rather than you're actually changing the environment around it. I think that'd be an easier approach if you were to try to do simulation, you know, because yeah. <laughs> instead of instead of having to actually like deal with massive plots of um, points and obviously like land and all that, if you can just alter uh, kind of what is interpreted by the brain itself, I think that. By, by focusing it in, like, the actual neural connection rather than in the atmosphere, I think that would be a more, a possibly a more easy way to do it. 
I will say in response to that, I think you're right that obviously there's a discussion we had whether humanity would ever be able to, we can get to that later, whether humanity would ever be able to do something of that level. But I will say that if you think of the scale of the universe, how much humans, this, this hinges on us assuming that we're the only form of consciousness in the universe, which is obviously a really big assumption, but assuming we are, we don't really perceive that much of the universe at any given moment. Like for example, like something like 60% of the universe is like dark energy or dark matter, which we know nothing about basically. So not to mention the stuff in a given distance in the observable universe that we don't observe pretty much ever that we can't observe. I think that we don't, it doesn't necessarily need to be rendered that high because most of it isn't something that our conscious experience perceives very often. And also I would agree that obviously we can't do something of this scale at our current technological level. But if you think about humanity, we've been alive for, sorry, we've not alive, we've been conscious basically for like, I think the last humans were like 200,000 years ago or something, which would be, it would be 0.001% of the universe's entire history. And if you think of how far we've come just in that time scale, and not even to mention just in the last few hundred years, like since 1900, we've I mean, nobody would have ever even been able to think about this stuff really before 1900 because computers, I don't even, I don't know when the first computer was made, but computers didn't exist at some point or we didn't think computers would ever have the power to do something like this. But now we have deep learning, which is obviously really powerful and it can advance our technological levels really quickly. And we have way more complicated algorithms and computer software than we've ever had before. So I think it is fair to say that I just sort of lean towards the idea that in the future, our technology will continue to increase on an exponentially faster rate. And assuming that we don't destroy ourselves, we could be looking at a situation where we harness an insane amount of technological power where we could possibly render something not necessarily at the same level of our own civilization, but we might have enough memory or storage to render something really high level that we can't even really conceive right now. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it just comes down to this unknown variable of technological improvement. And I mean, again, we're kind of, I think it's a pretty moot argument in its entirety because it's such an out there, like it's just such a random, I guess, question to bring up. And I don't know, I can't think of a better example, but it's like, it's such a unprovable or like, it's impossible to prove it or disprove it. It's So it's, we're really just, I guess, talking about it to be entertaining, I guess, and to entertain ourselves. Um, but I think one of the main issues with processing power and memory is just like thermal expansion. And um, obviously, as your processing power goes up, you start to create a ton of excess heat as um, product. And that's a big issue currently for processing power. And it's like heat is the main enemy of processing at the moment. And, you know, there, we've tried to do some workarounds with like, you know, water cooling or liquid cooling. Um, but I think that that's going to be really difficult to work around if we, like, if we truly try to get to such a magnitude of simulating, you know, the world, I think that the thermal, um, the thermal energy released would be incredibly massive. And I think it'd be really hard to contain that. Yeah. I'll also kind of rebuttal myself a little bit from earlier, which is that I was kind of arguing that if you think about how like some of the laws of the universe are like so beautiful and that it's they're relatively simple compared to the scale of the universe that if they're simple enough for us to understand then it means we live in a simulation but i also do think that's kind of biased because humans are very flawed and not necessarily super intelligent so i think uh, to a certain extent that's just sort of us saying math is really cool so it means we live in a simulation and just because something models the universe well or maybe in a way that we didn't think was possible i don't think that necessarily indicates that there's some super intelligent species making us be part of a simulation um because i think that's just sort of us saying like oh well if the universe looks like this then it must be a simulation which i don't really think is a fair claim to make there's not really any evidence to support that
you would like to show the Transcendental Club podcast some support, consider following us on social media. We are at Podcast Transcend on Twitter and at Transcendental Club on Instagram. Feel free to tweet at us or leave comments about your own thoughts, as well as suggestions for future discussion topics. Also, be sure to subscribe to us on whatever platform you are listening to, and head over to Apple Podcasts to leave us a review. Thank you so much for tuning into the Transcendental Club. next question that was on the survey it was is there any way to prove that we live in a simulation if we do live in a simulation um and let me pull out the data the data says roughly the same actually uh, it was 65 percent people said no there's no way to prove 20 percent, which is up from the 18 percent, say yes there is a way to prove 6.5 percent said i don't know 3.8 said maybe, 1.1% said unlikely, and then there's a bunch of other ones that are on the fence that are less than 1%. So, I mean, from what I can see, I have everyone saying like yes and no, their responses individually up above my charts. And from what I can see, a good amount of the people who said yes to believing that the universe is a simulation say yes to there's a way to prove, and same thing with no to no um so if you either of you guys want to take if there's any way to prove go ahead yeah i have something to add for this one um also really quickly i just want to add something that nick before when you were talking about the cellular automata and how there's fractal patterns i do want to point out that one of them which i believe it might be rule 30 i don't remember if that's specifically correct but one of them is mirrored in nature i think it's like a specific seashell pattern that is created by a com- like a computer, like a cellular automata running, is found in like a certain pattern of some creature or formation. So I think that's really interesting, just because it sort of shows that these patterns might come up in nature. And I think Wolfram's eventual goal is that we can model the universe with something simple like this. So that's just a quick tangent back to that. But um, so for this one, I was going to use uh, something I heard on a podcast the other day. Um, which is it was on this guy Lex Friedman's podcast. Really into that. If you guys, if anybody wants to listen to it, um, and there's this dude named Yosha Bach on there, and he was talking about how he doesn't believe that we would ever be able to understand the universe to that level. Like in this context, I would be saying to prove we're in a simulation. And his example for that is if you're consider yourself to be inside of like a Mandelbrot pattern, which is um, the the fractal, and you've probably seen it if you haven't, you can look it up, but basically it says that if you're inside that, you don't see the same things you see from the outside. Like for example, we see just big spirals and these macroscopic shapes. He says, if you're inside it, you may be able to look at different parts of it and start to make predictive patterns, but you would never be able to derive the actual rule which creates its formation which is, I don't, I don't know what the actual rule is. I'm not a math major here, but I think, I think that's a really interesting point, which is that if you're in something that complex, there's an inherent property of it, which is that you can never understand the entire thing, not because necessarily like it's too big, but the original rules at the center of it are kind of, uh, they're just not something that would ever be attainable for you to access once you're within that. Like you could maybe predict it if you were like us, an observer on the outside of it. But if you were inside of it, like we would be inside of a simulation, you would never be able to determine what actually governs it. Ben, do you have anything that you want to say about whether you think we can prove it or not? Say we do live in a simulation. Uh, yeah, I'm probably going with the majority here <laughs> and saying I do not think at this current stage we have any way to prove it because is we're basically assuming we are in a simulation we're kind of at the mercy of whoever is simulating because anything that say we are like okay we've come up with this incredibly scientific method for determining if we're in a simulation and obviously because they're monitoring us they know we come up with that and they can either change the rules of nature so that that, that the current determines that 
know, no matter what we do, we'll find that we don't live in the simulation based on our tenth. Or, I don't know, they, I guess that's the, the main outcome is that assuming we don't live in a sim, or assuming we do live in a simulation, any test would likely yield that we don't live in a simulation. And any, any, if we don't live in a simulation, it would still yield we don't, even though a, such a test is virtually impossible to come up with. So I guess my point is that I do not think we could ever figure that out. It's like trying to prove that there's some kind of superior being that's real. I mean, it's like trying to prove, I don't know, it's just trying to prove something that we can't explain is real. And I guess that's something that's like a question that's been addressed and actually been solved several times in history just as like, oh, we don't have an explanation for this. And then hundreds of years later, it gets explained with scientific basis. But I feel like this one is one that might not be able to be explained. But I guess I'll just pose another smaller question is like, would it be advantageous to pursue proof that we live in a simulation and like say we did prove that we were in one would it be beneficial if we proved it like would we would because i feel like that would create some kind of hysteria mass hysteria among our global civilization and i don't know or it could be used to create our own simulation and learn from the mistakes in ours so i don't know yeah i think i think if we were if we were to prove it somehow it would kind of I've kind of since like I didn't used to think this, but I've kind of changed my perspective on that. I think it would sort of diminish the value of being human because the way I see it, that would sort of be like the final boss, if you will. Like that would kind of be there would be nothing more to discover. Like we wouldn't you could still live a life of like happiness and whatever you whatever you live for. But I think if you were to figure something out on that scale, there wouldn't really be any purpose living because a lot of the purpose of humanity right now is learning more about the world and reflecting on the universe and figuring things out. And once you, I assume once you find out you're in a simulation, you know how everything works within it, or even so, even if we didn't, there would be really no point to understanding it. Like right now, it seems like we're sort of, we exist to chase some greater understanding of the universe. And if we gain that understanding, there's sort of no point is kind of my feel if that makes sense not that there's no point to existing within it because like i said you can still achieve happiness and things like that but there's no point in really like technological progress because that's kind of diminished i would definitely agree that i think that it would diminish humanity's like drive and definitely like moral um health <laughs> if <laughs> if we learn that um i also think one reason is like i don't know to give an example say I think a lot of people struggle with their jobs and they feel like their job is somewhat out of their own control and, you know, they don't enjoy what they work, but you know, when they leave their job, they have their free will to do whatever they want. And that's kind of what they look forward to. And that's what they find exciting. And so I think that the danger of like, of a simulation is that you never have free will. And so I think that humans are really good at rallying through difficulties if they can see a you know like like the light at the end of the tunnel which is that freedom somewhere else so i think that such a discovery would be very detrimental to humanity um i also wanted to kind of go back to when we were talking about whether it was provable or not um and it kind of reminded me somewhat of the heisenberg uncertainty principle which is just it's kind of related, kind of not, but it's kind of been reminding me of that, like the entire discussion is just kind of the idea that, um, you know, it, some some certain um, variables or metrics are kind of impossible to measure given others. Um, I guess for our listeners that aren't familiar, I from a very, very basic definition from almost zero, you know, background in physics, yeah. uh, it's basically, basically says that you can't both measure a position and a velocity of any particle at the same time um and so i guess i kind of the reason why i kept being reminded of that was just the fact that i feel like we've kept we've uh, been concluding at a lot of parts of this discussion basically that there's certain variables that we can't measure whether it's you know rendering or even just just like any any experiment that we could use to discover if we are truly in a simulation uh, i feel like 
it kind of revolves back to, or it kind of comes back to that in the sense that we kind of just can't really ever determine some of these variables at the same time. I don't know. It's kind of offhand. I was thinking the same thing, and I'll plug the same podcast episode I was talking about before. I'm probably not going to articulate this very well because the guy is like 30 times more intelligent than I am. But, but basically, one of the things he said was that, and this is kind of a common thing in like cognitive science, is that your own consciousness is a simulated property in and of itself. So your brain is simply a physical phenomenon. It can't like, like think of your brain as a rock, like your rock can't be conscious. It can't have those properties, but it's useful for your brain as part of an organism to have consciousness. And therefore your brain simulates that consciousness in order to enhance its ability to survive. So I kind of articulated that poorly, but the point is basically that you you receive inputs and your consciousness allows you to interpret those in a more complex way than other species can, which is why we've risen above other species and now we're basically in charge of the earth. So I think, like you were saying, Ben, because our consciousness is inherently a simulated property in and of itself, it wouldn't be possible to understand the universe to an extent that would prove it's a simulation like you said with the uncertainty principle is that it's sort of paradoxical that if you're a simulated property governed by the rules of a simulation, then you can't understand the greater simulation. I don't know if that makes sense, but I think you guys kind of get the gist of it. Like your brain is just taking in inputs basically and performing a computation and outputting it. And this appears to be your consciousness. And I don't think that would ever be able to achieve an understanding of the universe that would prove it's a simulation. And another thing I was going to add in response to what Ben said is that this sort of dives into the next question we're going to talk about, which is, um, but we already kind of hit it, which is that basically doesn't matter if we live in a simulation, like, would you let it change your life or what would it mean? And I think Ben was saying, like, people look forward to their jobs and stuff like that. But I think the biggest, the elephant in the room here is that a lot of people on earth live because they because of beliefs in the afterlife and heaven and other things like that, which whether or not that's something you subscribe to, a lot of humanity bases their actions on the underlying idea that they'll be rewarded for them at some point, or they have to live in a certain way in order to please some divine being and achieve some state like heaven. And I think that's the most, that would be the most important part is if we found out we were in a simulation, like I said, it wouldn't necessarily I guess that's a personal thing. It wouldn't remove my motivation for living, but I think it does remove humanity's motivation for striving towards anything because right now everyone has their own goals. Like some people are scientists and they want to understand the universe better. Or some people want to make other people's lives better. And some people are, like I said, trying to get into heaven and they want to live in a certain way for that purpose. But I think in the end, if we live in a simulation, um, you kind of, you take all of that away and now it's sort of like, all right, well, what are we doing? Like, well, we don't really need to do science anymore because we're not really figuring anything out or we don't need to go to church anymore because we know there's no God, etc. Although I will say, I think if we did prove it, uh, probably like 80% of humanity wouldn't accept it as true. So I don't <laughs> think it would necessarily matter all that much. Um, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. You know, in the next 10 years, maybe we figure this thing out and we'll see. I was going to throw two things out before we move on to your question that you have for us. One thing is that a lot of people actually in the survey brought up that the fact if it were proven wouldn't matter to them. So I don't, I don't, I didn't count up how many people said that, but there were, there were at least a few, maybe four or five. I mean, four or five out of the, out of 184. So I just find that interesting, but also, I mean, I guess it could be another one of those things because I feel like science is and scientific discoveries are becoming very, underappreciated in modern day for the most part like by the general public and something like that wouldn't be nearly as jarring as something like an alien invasion i don't think but but even if like we did discover alien life we i mean this is a different episode and we already talked about this (laughs) i feel like some people just wouldn't accept it and i and they would just like keep living their lives as if nothing changed. And that would probably be something similar to this. I mean, there's always going to be people who are denying some discovery like this. Yeah. I think that's a fundamentally human property is it is 
like I said, say say you're a person who's extremely religious and you've built your entire life around believing in a certain religion. I think if you, and I'm not, I'm going to say this would, I think I would feel the same way as that if that was something I did, like if I was some incredibly devout person, if you told me that um, we lived in a simulation, I think as a human being, I don't know that I would be able to accept that because if I've believed something like through really strong faith or something along those lines my entire life, I think it's a fundamentally human property to say that we we just wouldn't accept it. You'd say like, well, that can't be true because this is what we live in and et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's just something that humanity definitely adheres to. And I don't really think, and I think anyone who says that they wouldn't feel that way and that they would accept it is probably at least a little bit wrong. Yeah, I don't know if this is like a flaw in my own character, but I personally feel like learning that we are in a simulation would rock me like to my core much more than I think anything else I could think of. Like yeah, I, too, I, I think it would honestly completely destroy me. <laughs> yeah, I think same for me as even well. Even with but... aliens. Even like compared to aliens. I feel like I don't know. To a, like to a certain extent aliens is like, I don't know, I have to change my own perspective, but I'm still my own entity and Right. I I don't think that I don't value human I don't know, I don't I don't think I perceive value as much with like the fact that we're the only beings versus the fact that I am myself a like a unique person, I guess. And so yeah. I think that learning that there's more more organisms out there isn't as detrimental to me as learning that there are zero organisms, including us out there. And I don't know. I feel like I don't know. I feel like just the fact that it would demote us to like lines of code, I feel like that would just be so like depressing to me. I don't know. No, I I mean learning that you're not alive would be something that would be very very upsetting. Yeah, and that you're not that like you're you're kind of in control of your life, but when it comes down to everything, you're not. So I mean, again, personally, I would be jarred, but I still think other people just wouldn't care. <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of what I was gonna say is that. I think whenever I first came across this argument, it was very appealing to me, I guess. Not appealing isn't the right word. It seemed very possible to me and plausible. And I, basically just from the basic perspective of like, look at like all the ways that universe is interconnected based on these different rules. Like, doesn't it make sense that we would live in a simulation? And I thought that was really interesting and cool and something that I could sort of get on board with. But I think there's a difference between me thinking that's cool and me knowing that to be true, I think if I were to find out about that, it would kind of, I mean, I can't really say what it would do. It would just sort of be like, well, okay, every everything you've ever done, every person you've ever met, every possible thought you've ever experienced is, like you said, Nick, just a few lines of code or something. And I feel like uh, there's sort of like an intangible quality of not knowing that makes life worth living, that you're sort of like, okay, well, uh, I don't know what I'm doing here and I can sort of like make my own meaning in the universe. But I think when you completely get rid of that, you're like, okay, well, where's the meaning now? Like, what should I be doing? Like, well, you could just roll over and die, I guess, because if you're in a simulation, it doesn't really matter. And I think that's just sort of like, it completely removes any purpose for at least my own existence, I suppose. So I hope we don't find out in my lifetime, but you know. Yeah, so one other thing I think we were going to get to next was would humanity ever be able to reach a technological state where we could create our own simulation and i know earlier ben you were saying that that would be like incredibly hard to do but i will say if you think about like let's pretend we had one of those um whatever they're called like dyson spheres which like surrounds a star and we harness all the energy output assume we did that and that it would be enough storage do you think we could ever reach something like that i personally i don't I don't think it's as much of like an energy consumption problem because like if you think of like current like processors or anything like that, it's not they're not bottlenecked by their energy consumption. They're just bottlenecked by you know the the um the size of like the chips. You know, I I think we're getting down to like I think like five nanometers is I think what Nvidia was working on. I think could be wrong numbers and like there's at the front of the frontier is like. I don't know, four or three nanometers, or anyway, the the real constraint is in, you, you're trying to pack, basically you're trying to like pack bytes of storage into smaller and smaller areas, and so it's not as much of a power consumption issue as it is of like, just the, the sheer 
amount of storage that you need. And again, like I said, I, even as your power consumption and as your demand for um, storage and everything goes up, um, the heat, the heat um, as a product also increases drastically. And I think that I don't, I don't think the the harnessing of energy is the issue. I think it's really just the use and the efficiency. Um, because obviously the efficiency of such an energy harnessing would drastically go down as well as, um, as you, you're trying to fit more and more processing in and you're getting more and more heat out as time goes on, or as I should say, as processing increases. Yeah. And I was going to say that I, I don't know much about computers and storage and things like that, but at least to me, it seems as though at the very least we couldn't render something as large of our universe because one if, if we're assuming that the universe is infinitely large, then you would run an infinitely long program, which isn't possible. Um, although I guess there's something to be said about like running it to completion. Like we haven't run the universe to completion yet, obviously. But I will say, I think you couldn't render something the size of our universe because you would need essentially all the energy in the universe to do that or all the storage. I don't know that that's necessarily true, but I think at the very least, humanity would have to render something smaller if that makes sense i don't i feel like i'm crossing over from digital to physical here but i don't think that we could necessarily render our universe to accuracy especially given the fact that we don't understand so much of our own universe right now that if we can't even understand everything that's going on we really only understand like i said earlier like 30 percent of the universe or something so if we can only understand 30 percent of the universe then we certainly can't simulate 100 percent of the universe I just wanted to correct myself. NVIDIA's recent um, GPU launch was at 7 nanometers, not 5. I apologize. Yeah, I, I heard that. I didn't bother correcting you, but yeah, I knew. So. Yeah, yeah, I, oh, okay, okay. Okay. I had my, <laughs> okay. my cursor over the kick button, so you wouldn't be able to talk anymore. I think you guys covered everything about whether we could create a simulation or not. I think you guys covered that pretty well. Uh, so I'm just going to go along the lines of whether we should create a simulation. And I I mean, I think there's a lot to be said about having a simulation. I mean, I'm, of course, talking about if we had the proper technology and we could simulate 100% of a universe. But I think there's a lot to learn about simulating something like this. I mean, we could simulate something like the creation of a universe, like the Big Bang, and we could see how that would affect the growth of a universe and uh, whether we could actually get the randomness of the particles and everything to be completely random. I mean, that could create a completely different universe than what we live in. And I mean, and we could see the history of how the universe changes. And so, I mean, I just, I think it's definitely important that if we do have the technology that we can do it, um, of course, there's going to be people who advise against it, I think. I don't really have a reason why it should be advised against, but I don't know what... Yeah. I will advise against it. Um, I would. I guess my argument would just be that I think it's a similar argument, at least from my perspective, um, with AI. And the idea is just that if we if we kind of don't set regulations now and we kind of just start simulating as much as we want, I mean, obviously at this point, simulation power isn't really that dangerous and, you know, simulations are pretty, um, our current simulations are very harmless. Um, but I think that it's similar to AI, it can very easily grow exponentially. And I think that if we kind of just don't set any regulations for it, assuming a time comes when we can, do far better simulating or yeah uh rendering and all that i think that we would need to be very careful with the way that we regulate it because very easily if i assume that at the same time that we gain rendering abilities like that it's not stuff like you know um creating new life and simulating that simulating consciousness and you know the whole um coming of ai and all that would also come along with that and I think it would be a big ethical uh, dilemma to start creating sentient life in such an atmosphere, because we personally talked about how how morally um, 
or I guess how like how terrible our morale would gain become if we uh, learned that we were ourselves in such an environment. Um, and so I think that from that perspective, it's a pretty dystopian perspective, but I think that it's important that if a time comes, I think we do need to regulate it just like with something like artificial intelligence and all that. Yeah. And I was also going to say kind of the same thing I said before, which is that like our own consciousness is it, or our own sentience is a simulated experience. So it seems as though it'd be almost impossible or at the very least somewhat unethical to sim. I guess not unethical. Maybe that's not really the right thing to say there, but it would be almost impossible to simulate sentience considering we don't really know what consciousness is yet. And I don't know that we don't even have a, like a metric to measure it. So I don't really think you'd be able to say like, oh, well, in that simulation, people, or I guess I don't know, it doesn't have to be people, but whatever beings exist in it are conscious because I don't think we even know what it is. So how do we define it? Um, that also, what I was going to say, though, if we were to do something like that, I think the benefit would be that we might be able to, we could kind of run it in a way that simulates our own existence and that would maybe allow us to gain a better understanding of the universe in some way or at the very least if you had like certain rules you could measure i guess how humanity works but i think that's all sort of like a moot point because at the, if, if we're at a point where we can run a simulation on that scale we've already pretty much i assume unified enough as a species to have the technological power to run that I don't think there's really like much more to learn about the universe or to improve our own existence. I don't really. So I guess I'm not saying that it's unethical, although I do kind of agree with you, Ben, that there's some questions about like torturing sentient beings within a simulation, but I don't really think there's any practical use for it. I mean, to me, it seems like if we were in a position where we actually had the technological power to do that, it would just be a waste of memory to kind of do that. Yeah. I think, I think that's also a good point is that I, I said in my kind of, in my, I guess, like response about how uh, if we got to a certain level where we could render, there'd be a lot of other things that I think would come with it, like AI and all that. And so I think it's a good point that it would probably not even be needed at that point based on other technological advances. All right. So I think that's pretty much everything we have for today. Um, Also, if you guys want to, any of the listeners want to look up the survey on our social media, I believe you can find it on one of our yes. pages or our, our website social media and we also have a new subreddit for our uh our podcast that people can join if they want to discuss about topics yep so definitely that discussion is always fun especially since like nick was doing earlier we can plug stuff on there and it gives us more ideas to talk about too um and of course fill out the survey if you would like to um other than that thank you guys for listening i hope this gave you maybe a new perspective on things and uh tune into our next episode Thank you.